Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to the 50 Shades of K podcast with host Elizabeth K, a podcast designed to empower, enlighten, and entertain with perspectives that most women are thinking, but not always saying. This is 50 Shades of K. Well, friend of the 50 Shades of K podcast, Tammy Flynn is back to talk about her podcast. The 100th episode of the On Air Advocate podcast is happening this month. Tammy, welcome back to 50 Shades of K. Hello. How are you? I'm so excited to be back. I can't believe it's been a year. You're about to celebrate one year of the launch of the On Air Advocate and your 100th episode. Congratulations. Thank you so much. This year has been definitely the year of growth. Oh, my goodness. Everything that I thought it was going to be, it wasn't. But it was everything that God needed it to be. So let's talk a little bit. What is the On Air Advocate about if someone hasn't heard about it? The on-air advocate really strives to provide education, support, and empowerment for all of those with different abilities, mental and medical illnesses, and their caregivers in an auditory platform. So we target through Facebook Lives, YouTube tutorial videos, a podcast, Twitter, Instagram, etc. Because we know as caregivers, we are so incredibly busy that a lot of times we want to get the content, we want to learn the information, but we don't always have the time to sit down and watch a show where we can stick our earbud be traveling around and still learning. Yeah. Um, And as this has grown, I have been just blessed with the people who have surrounded me and come forward across the United States. I started this knowing I wanted it to be bigger than Wisconsin, and it is just blossoming everywhere. I mean, I think we've had somebody on from almost every state in the United States already, from naturopathic um, physicians and doctors to regular MDs to pediatricians to pharmacists to people who have traveled their own, you know, incredible journeys with their families, caregivers, etc. Well, and I would encourage people, if you are a caregiver or know someone that's a caregiver, to check out the On Air Advocate podcast because you cover a range of topics Mm -hmm. when it comes to caregiving. And November is National Caregivers Month. So perhaps if you are in that position where you've been taking care of someone else, this is a great way to feel a sense of community and like you're not alone because you do touch on a lot of different topics. Right. Because what I found is, is that for all of us, we are all in the same body of water, but we are on different ships. And so our needs are all completely different, but also the same in so many ways. Well, and Tammy has really grown and learned a lot. Like she mentioned in this past year, she is a caregiver to her adult son, Marcus, who has severe special needs. But you also this past year became a caregiver to your grandmother. So you were looking at caregiving from a different perspective now when it wasn't just adult to child now you are 
granddaughter to grandmother. What was that experience like? Um, Well, you know, I came here to visit you back in November last year, Elizabeth, and I was ready. And if people know me in the business world, I was like ready to have courses and classes and webinars. Yes, that's Tammy. That's Tammy, by the way. Yes. And so and the interviews just started piling in. And I was like, I got this. And January 2nd, I went over to my grandmother's house and she didn't seem right. She ended up contracting influenza, ended up going into the hospital on January 3rd. And we rode that ride of being admitted twice ICU stays, St. Luke's Hospital, all the way to going to rehab and then going into hospice care. And I can tell you that in my advocacy journey of life over the last 21 years, I have definitely served the elderly population, but I have never served it in the sense of it being my elderly loved one, which everyone who knows me and my grandma, she was the gem and like the sparkle in my eyes. I. Yes, a, she was. And in addition to that, where I was actively there, you know, every day I was checking up on things. I was sleeping there. So on the weekends, I would come down and my mom would be with Marcus and I would sleep there and make sure medical records were in order. Things were done for her. Yeah. What did you observe, though, for someone like that that can't, you know, speak for themselves and take care of those needs? What do people do that don't maybe have a loved one, like a grandchild to come and help with that? What, are, what options are there for people in that position? Um, There are definitely different advocacy agencies um, that you can go out to and seek out possibly employing somebody to be an advocate. What I can say, though, is... I have met over my time of doing this tons of people who have advocacy businesses per se who that I'm going to advocate for you. I think it is important that we advocate for people, but it is more important that we teach people how to advocate because there is no way that you can have all eyes on your loved one all the time when someone else is doing it for you. You need to be aware. You need to know the signs. You need to know what you're looking for and you need to be powerful so that you might have that advocate to check up on things once a week or to come and profile some medical records, but you yourself know how to do it. And that's why the On Air Advocate podcast has been so successful because Mm -hmm. there is such a need and you have been able to connect people together from all different scenarios through your podcast. And what have you learned? What has been something that you've really taken away from this past year as you reflect from where you started to where you are now with the podcast? I feel the greatest thing that I have learned is that the need that I thought was there is one billion times more than I ever thought it was. Really? And we are not even touching the surface. And as a community, on a local level, on a state level, on a government level, there needs to be change. There needs to be voices that are heard. Excuse me one second. I always get this way when I'm with you, Elizabeth. Oh, my God. I know we get so emotional. <laughs> but you, but your, your passion and your enthusiasm for this is why you have been successful, because you have this huge heart and you are. You want to care for people and you think about this beyond just your situation with your son. Right, right. And you said to me years ago, you said, gosh, I wish there was a book when you were put into Mm -hmm. this situation and now you've become the book. That's what you've done. And back to what you were saying, there's a huge need. There is such a need. And 
we are the same people who are caring for the loved ones are the same people who are advocating for all these laws and all this change. And so you don't always hear us barking on social media. You don't always hear us out there with our voices because we're tired. We're the same people who are caring for our loved ones every day, advocating for their quality of life, trying to give them self-purpose, trying to keep them healthy. But I have learned over this year that there are thousands upon thousands of other moms and dads and family members out there just like me, that we are all fighting this fight and we are all together. What I encourage, though, in all of my podcasts and in my work is that to dig deep down and wherever you are, whether you are stopping at the grocery store, going to the doctor's store, I mean, the doctor's store, the doctor's office, any of those things, make sure that you are letting the public know, because we know that individuals do not let things affect them that they're not always affected by. What do you mean really quickly? Let the public know what? What is going on when it comes to funding for caregivers? You know, the Caregiver Act that just passed that now we're going to wait another 10 months to see what actually happens with it. What is the Caregiver Act? I mean, again, this you're really educating a lot of us that aren't in your situation. What is the Caregiver Act? The Caregiver Act is supposed to support the more than 65 million caregivers that are out in the United States that are caring for the chronically ill, the disabled and the elderly with funding because more than 40 million caregivers in the United States are unpaid. Okay, and so the equation that I was telling you about earlier, when we were talking, my son is now 21 years of age. Okay, so he is aging out of school. When you're in school, you are in an entitlement program, meaning that in the school setting, they have to help you. They have to give you resources. They have to support you. They have to offer you if your child needs PT or OT. It needs occupational therapy, physical therapy. It needs to be there for them. And you have this IEP, an individualized educational plan, to hold them to the fire, to argue and to tell people they're not meeting my IEP (laughs) goals they're not doing that. You have someone to hold to the fire. After the age of 21, it is all eligibility services. And if they don't meet that, if they don't meet that eligibility, then what happens? Then they stay home. They oh, stay home. My gosh. So that's not, that's not a quality it, of life. That's 75% of all young adults that are disabled are not employed. Where are they? What are they doing? If they don't fit the profile for a life college, if they don't fit the profile for the day program or the day program doesn't have caregivers there to take care of them, because then we add to the layer that there is a caregiver crisis. If there's a caregiver crisis and there's no caregivers, well, then who is employed? Because in the caregiver industry, you get paid nine to eleven dollars an hour. So think of this equation. My son is over the age of 21 years of age now. Okay, he does not fit into the box to go to a life college, which is kind of a learning college for those with some intellectual disabilities. He really does not fit into the box for a day program. And I can tell you that I toured the state of Wisconsin in disgust in the day programs that we have here to offer. There was a few very, very good ones. Um, St. Coletta was one that I did love. Not appropriate for Marcus, because obviously we're all, remember, in that same body of water, but we're on different ships. So what might be the right fit isn't always the right fit for someone else. Then I've worked with the Department of Vocational Rehabilitation for over two years now to get my son employment, because everyone's like, well, isn't there a day program? Isn't there goodwill? Isn't there somewhere they can work? Well, there's all laws, and there's stipulations, and there's job shadows, and there's job coaching, For now, my son to be employed two hours a week, 
two hours a week. So let me do that equation for you. They were in school 40 hours a week. You're a single parent. You can work 40 hours a week and bring in good money for your family to support your family. Now your child is home. They get two hours a week of work, maybe one hour or two hours of volunteer work if you're pounding the pavement and you're willing to stay with them and all of that. So let's make that equation, even if we had six hours. That's 34 hours a week of what's going on with your child. If there's a caregiver crisis and you don't have family members, who's then watching them? Who's taking care of them? Well, you're going to work. And as a caregiver through state funding, caregivers, whether you're working in a nursing home or whether it's in-home care, get paid between 9 and $11 an hour. So Elizabeth, I ask you, if you could go to Culver's and you could be at the checkout counter and make $13 an hour, tell me why you would change a 21-year-old's diaper, care for them, do lifts where you could pull your back, you could hurt yourself for $9 an hour. That's why something who, definitely needs to change. Who, who would do it? Who and would the, do and it? you were saying the Caregiver Act is trying to provide income to these people to compensate them for it the has, care that they're if i'm yes. understanding you correctly that's what you're saying it that, has so many layers the whole thing is is that but we have to wait 10 months to see if it, it will yeah when it got signed it was waiting another 18 months now we'll see if anything happens because i can tell you from being in my county to being in our state to looking at other people and that's something i've learned so so much that is so prevalent across the United States is it just depends on every state and every law, you know, that's passed as to they might have funding and they might have resources and those resources might go away because lack of services, you know, that are available. I mean, it can change from year to year. So what can we do? What can what can someone like myself do to try to better this situation? Is there anything that we can do? You can help us use our voice. You can help us make the general population understand corporate, you know, business owners, small business owners, people within the community to understand what the issues are here and the lack of funding, the lack of resources, because really what we need is to develop more resources. We have no choices. There are no choices. Like on a map over the last nine months, 10 months that I've been traveling around Wisconsin trying to find day programs, supportive programs, living programs, like if they wanted to live in a community, your young adult doesn't want to live at home anymore in a community. A nice community has a 15-year waiting list. 15 years. 15? 15. Well, and this is one of those (laughs) scenarios where... For a lot of us, we're ignorant because we're not in your shoes. We don't know about right. it until we're in it. Right. And, and I say I say to others, and I don't mean to cut you off, that we can't blame you, Elizabeth, and we can't blame others and be mad at the general population for not knowing if we're not willing to get out there and inform them. And that's if, what you're doing. And that's right. why Tammy is, is here on the podcast. And that's why you have your own podcast, The Honor Advocate, as we've been talking about earlier, to try to spread the word, to try to get change because you have other children and yes. your children love Marcus, but not everyone has that scenario because due to the circle of life, the way it should happen is that you would be passing away before Marcus. Right. Your concern, concern, I imagine, is a lot of what's going to happen to Marcus right? if something happens to you. And I can tell you in my county, because my son... Um, did go and does go. He's finishing up his year at a self-contained school, meaning that the only kids that are inside of the school have different abilities. And I started a program out in Walworth County, a support group. And this is across the board. So depending on what age the parents are at, we are all either fighting to how are we going to survive? How are we going to keep our houses? How are we going to keep the bigger thing? Our young adults feeling any type of self-worth, any type of self-worth. 
Because yes. I mean, and quality of life. Yeah. Their quality of life is not laying in their bed all day long and leaving for an hour out of the day because there are not programs and there are not services. The other layer is those parents like that are in my group that are older, that maybe had kids, you know, a little bit later or don't have siblings. What are they going to do when they pass away? Yeah. And especially when we talk about that there are no caregivers. So if you moved here from a different state, you went to the, one of the care agencies and said, I need a caregiver for my mother. Hands down, you probably would need to find a caregiver, bring them to that support service, and then they would pay them. Oh, my gosh. Because there is none. And and as if you don't have enough going on already. Right. And the thing is, is that people are like, well, I don't see, you know, I don't see this issue and the struggle. Like when we talk about, um, and I don't mean to jump subjects, the adult changing tables. You know, I don't see that it's an issue. It's because the people aren't leaving their house. They're prisoners in their own homes because they have nowhere to change their loved ones. And this isn't just young adults with intellectual disabilities. This is people with multiple sclerosis, spina bifida, CP, our elderly loved ones that become incontinent. It is just ridiculous across the board. And I know that you've heard me campaign and heard our both of our friends, Gina, shout out about yep. this, too, is is that here in Wisconsin, like the Panther Arena, they did a $6 million renovation. $6 million. The changing table costs $7,000 to put in. Because after the, like 70 pounds, you can't be on a child changing table. Makes sense. You know? And they said they were going to put it in, and they didn't. This isn't a big ass. These are billion-dollar buildings and complexes. In that fight for the adult changing tables, they're looking at things like rest stops, Grocery stores, huge malls, huge entertainment center. In Atlanta, their new stadium has $2.5 million worth of artwork. So you're telling me that $2.5 million worth of artwork is more important than human dignity? That doesn't make any sense. And, you know, we're asking for one Yeah, that doesn't make any table. sense. No, that doesn't you make know? any sense. That doesn't make any sense so, at all. What happened here with the Pfizer Forum? Because the Pfizer Forum came through. So Sarah Knowles, she is the head of the campaign here called Changing Spaces Wisconsin. It might be Changing Places because there's one in the UK. I think it's Changing Spaces. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, I'm sorry if I get it wrong, but she advocated heavy just like she did for the Panther Arena. They are avid soccer fans. They stopped going to the Panther Arena. They're like, we have nowhere to change our adult son. They have nowhere to take them. So now Pfizer, the Pfizer New Forum has gotten their business, obviously, but they yeah. put one in. But when we're talking about this, we're talking about huge multi-million and billion dollar establishments putting in one changing table. And so this year, my other realization was like, I thought in my life, I've been you know pretty, pretty worldly, that I've heard some ridiculous things. I mean, really, we all yeah. have. But this year has taken like the cream of the crop of ridiculousness. And I found out about three weeks ago, Sarah posted this, and I couldn't even come up with the word. I just had to put a GIF up. <laughs> Sometimes you put up the little GIF, that, that fun little right. video. Sometimes that's just enough. <laughs> because they passed a law. A law has been passed. A law. So there is no law for adult changing tables in large complexes or facilities so that people can actually have human dignity and not have to be changed on the floor. Huh. There's no laws. But there's definitely laws for people that are, you know, a handicapped or in a wheelchair to get into these venues. To get into them, yes. But there's nowhere to change them then if they need that. But isn't right? that interesting? It's like, well, we'll get you in. But, but then that's you where can't it stops. really do anything else while you're there. Now, you're going to love this, Elizabeth. Hold on to your hat. Oh. So... 
a couple weeks ago because it just went into act that all the airports had to have it done. If you are an airport that services more than 10,000 people per day, you now, by law, have to have a doggy bathroom. So if you go and you Google doggy bathrooms in airports, you'll see these fine, cute establishments at the low cost of $75,000 in each venue for dogs. But yet, a we human, don't have a one human being. A, for a human being. It it is wow. really it is really um something I didn't I didn't have any words. I, I think I found some words now that this I'm is saying. where you, this, this is where you need a gif. <laughs> Tammy and I don't mean and I'm not meaning to laugh at what what it is that you're saying because I'm shaking my head too because again this is something I, I'm ignorant on did not right. know about that is not right, right. because. You and I are standing here as people that are having a, a conversation about this and we don't need to rely on someone else to take care of us. But you know what? That could change. We could right. get into mm-hmm. a serious accident. We could have right. a disabling disease. That could be us. That could be our loved one. And that is why I I love talking to you because you are so passionate about this and tammy if you've noticed isn't quiet tammy doesn't go (laughs) quietly but you are giving these advocates a voice and you're giving them a platform and you're doing something really cool this month too you have this contest that's going on it's the on-air advocate for a month of celebration fun and giveaways hashtag caregiver celebration 2018 you are looking for caregivers to upload a one minute audio or video clip to share your caregiver wisdom now, this information, we're going to link up at 991themix.com. What is your website? Um, it is onairadvocate.com. Onairadvocate.com. They can email you at Tammy, T-A-M-M-Y, Tammy, at theonairadvocate.com. No later than Friday, November 30th. You just want to break down of of what? Their their one minute of advice? So, yeah. Their, so their backstory? Quick, you know, it would be like, my first name is Tammy. How long have I been a caregiver for 21 years now? Who am I caring for? My son. Because obviously we don't want to be disclosing any people's names. What is the greatest challenge that you feel is facing caregivers today? The lack of funding, resources, and services that are out there. So I said like 10 things now, didn't I? And then <laughs> one positive tip that I would pass on to fellow caregivers is that to remember to have patience and pace yourself, practice a lot of prayer, and remember that you're in this for the long run and that you are not alone. That There are tons of us that are out there, and we are willing to back you at every step of the way. So it's just finding that community. Um, and so something short like that, that was probably 30 seconds long um, to take. It was great. And are you going to put these together in a montage? Because that's powerful stuff to hear all these voices right. so of that people is, come together. That is the goal of all of this. Because what I think, like we talked about, is that the general public can't know, can't be impacted of how many different faces and voices are attached to caregivers. You know what I'm saying? From the 22-year-old mom that just had her baby that now has, you know, a severe intellectual disability or brain damage to the 70-year-old person that is caring for their 90-year-old mother. You know, I mean, yeah. we are all at so many different spectrums. We're all in that same body of water. And the more that we can let the general public know that we are here and we are out here, 
I feel that that is how you also create change. You need the people that are, you know, at the Capitol fighting for the laws. You need the voices that are online. And like I said, a lot of times mustering that up for caregivers isn't always the thing. So please don't think because you don't see someone in wheelchairs out. They're not out because they don't have services that meet their needs as to why they're not out. Why aren't they online crying about it or shouting about it all of the time? Because they're caring for the quality of someone else's life for the rest of their life. And it's a really, really big job. Yeah, it's <laughs> an know? exhausting it's, job. You know, and it is their care. So I'm so excited about the National Family Caregivers Month. I want to push forward. I want to get thousands and thousands of people's videos. And I'm hopefully going to link up with like a production company to help me merge all those together. I have become pretty good at all my little videos. But you have. Uh, but it's, look, at you know, how, <laughs> look at how far you've come. You've managed to launch this podcast that is doing really well and it's growing day by day while also taking care of your son, taking care of your grandma and taking care of you because you're big on that too. You talk about how just right. go around the block, walk around the block, <laughs> listen to some music. This podcast is a way to help people and help them take care of themselves because you're no good to anyone right. else if you don't take care of you. Tammy, I love you. I love what you stand for. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm excited that you're back here talking about this a year later. We'll do it again another year year. from now. And let's hope that we have that change. What I did want to say is, is that Independence First here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is one of our large living centers for our disabled community, they're doing 100 giveaways for us for the National Caregiver Month. That's amazing. So the partnership, I'm super excited. That's, that's a super, that's a great fit too. I mean, it, it makes sense that you guys are partnering together. So again, email your submission at Tammy at thehonoradvocate.com. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Be sure to include their hashtag, hashtag Caregiver Celebration 2018. Exciting stuff, Tammy. The sky's the limit. Let's let's hope that the situation's in a little bit of a better place this yeah, time next from year. Now. Yeah, if not, <laughs> we might be coming with a marching band. <laughs> You're going to be even louder. You're going to be even louder. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Tammy. All right, thanks. This has been the 50 Shades of K podcast with host Elizabeth K. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Thanks for listening. 